Forces observed and unobserved shape the way we think, feel, and respond to events and situations with which we are confronted in our lives. There are documented instances of individuals who normally are quiet, thoughtful, and peace-loving, becoming suddenly enraged and aggressive when in a crowd of people who are being whipped up to anger. In his book, 1984, George Orwell described what he called the two minutes hate. Individuals were forced to participate by watching a film depicting the chief enemy of the people and associating that enemy and his viewpoint with despicable acts of depravity and hostility, thereby bringing the viewers to a state of intense hatred directed at that enemy. While in today's world, such focused attempts at propaganda and manipulation and their noticeable impacts are not the norm. What we do not see easily is the constant stream of information available to us in our daily consumption of media and our close interactions with friends and family and educators and the more subtle yet absolutely pervasive influence this has on shaping our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. While we may believe that we are making independent decisions. When we pull back the curtain, we can observe how these influences create the frame within which we make our ostensibly independent choices and responses. This represents the way that we respond as long as we are part of the larger mass of humanity, and even during a time when we are developing into a unique individual through the growth and development of the ego. The stage of ego development brings us out of that unconscious status of being simply part of a mass being. The next stage beyond, the merging of the ego in the divine, still utilizes the individuality developed in the preceding stage so that the unification is not simply a retreat to the original status, but an advancement that integrates the individuality with a higher unity or oneness. The mother observes, quote, so there is a long, long, long way to go before merging one's ego in the divine. Merge one's ego in the divine. But first, one can't merge one's ego in the divine before becoming completely individualized. Do you know what it means to be completely individualized? capable of resisting all outer influences. Some days ago, I received a letter from someone who told me that he was very hesitant about reading books of ordinary literature, for example, novels or dramas, because his nature had an almost insuperable tendency to receive imprints of the characters in these books and to begin living the feelings and thoughts of these characters, the nature of these persons. There are many more people than one would think who are like that. They read a book, and while they are reading it, they feel within themselves all kinds of emotions, thoughts, desires, intentions, plans, even ideals. They are simply just absorbed in the reading of the book. They are not even aware of it, because at least 99 parts of an individual's character are made of soft butter. Inedible, of course, 
but on which, if one presses one's thumb, an imprint is made. Now, everything is a thumb, an expressed thought, a sentence read, an object looked at, an observation of what someone else does, and of one's neighbor's will. And all these wills, you know, when one sees them, they are all there like this, intermingled. Mother intercrosses her fingers, each one trying to get the uppermost and causing a kind of perpetual conflict within, outside. It goes in and out of people like that, you see, like electric currents. One is not at all aware of all this, and it is a perpetual conflict of all the wills which are trying to express themselves, and the strongest one will succeed. But as there are many of these, and as one has to fight alone against a great number, it is not easy. So one is tossed like a cork on the waves of the sea. One day one wants this, the next day one wants that. At one moment one is pushed from this side, at another from that. Now one lifts one's face to the sky. Mother makes the movement. Now one is sunk deep in a hole. And so this is the existence one has. End quote. Reference, Sri Aurobindo and the Mother, Our Many Selves, Practical Yogic Psychology, Chapter 3, Becoming an Individual, pages 108 to 109.